You're on Energy Groove Radio. This is Arvo's. My name's Brat, and I'm with you until five. Now, the Bell Streets have just dropped a brand new album, which is called Monument. Now, Josh from the band joins me on the line now to talk about it. Josh, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Brad. How are you? Not too bad at all. Now, Monument, tell me about this album. This is a collaborative effort between yourself and Nick Batterham. Mm. Yeah, it's been it's been something that, in a way, it's been brewing for a long time. Nick and I have known each other for many years from when we were both on bands on Melbourne's Summershine label. Nick was in The Earthmen mm-hmm. and Blindside, and I was in The Sugar Gliders and then later The Steinbecks. And we used to played gigs together and we toured together, um, our bands. And Nick and I used to often say to each other, oh, it'd be great to do something together sometime, write some songs, release an album. And I just thought it was nice talk um, that would never amount to anything. But about a year or so ago, Nick uh, said to me, come around to my place on such and such a day and we'll start doing this and made it happen. And this is monument is what's evolved from that. Um, I guess after knowing each other for so long, um, was it strange at all to sit down and actually start writing songs together or was it quite a natural process? It was strange. Um, Nick's the really accomplished musician out of the two of us. Um, I've been a songwriter for a long time, but um, Nick knows what's going on under the riffs and he's a scholar of music. And so I, I was a bit daunted sitting down together and with a blank sheet of paper and a couple of guitars. Um, so, yeah, and, and I suppose there's also something about songwriting that you do have to make yourself vulnerable to another person if you're co-writing. So um, even though Nick and I have been friends for a long time, it was a different level of our friendship that we had to enter into. So, yeah, I was nervous and um it did take a while. The first time was a bit like a first date, wasn't it, um, <laughs> with the, the two of us circling each other a bit. Um, mm. But it was, um, you know, we eventually got into a groove of writing and would get together um, once a week and work on the songs that, that we'd started. So um, it, it developed into a very fruitful um, friendship Mm. Did you learn anything new about Nick in the process that perhaps you didn't before? Because it sounds like you guys, um, obviously having worked together for such a, a long time, you're obviously quite uh, respectful of each other and you, you admire each other's work. Mm. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely learnt things about Nick. I mean, I've, I've known about his proficiency as a guitarist for a long time, but I guess um, just learning about how how sensitive he is to um, other people's feelings um, and just that he's he's very astute in detecting what's going on uh, when people talk that sort of that sort of insight um, yeah was was terrific and I think that's the sort of thing that helped build songs that have got some emotional depth to them mm. um, so yeah it's, it was it was a process of discovering things about each other, but also about ourselves. How long ago did you start writing uh, Monument together? I think it was um, between about a year and a half ago, okay. um, or maybe maybe as long ago as two years that we started doing this. But mm. um, it's really progressed over the last 12 months to, to come to this stage. Uh, I bet you didn't think that it was going to be released during a pandemic, though, did you? 
<laughs> we certainly didn't. It's um, when I mean, it's I feel quite sad about the fact that we haven't been able to play live gigs. We we'd got together a, a really cracking live band that um, it involved myself and Nick, as well as Kelly Day from Broads. Uh, she's a an excellent singer. She co-sings with Nick on one of the songs, and she's also an excellent bass player. Um, and we also had Craig Mitchell and um, Nick Murray, who are both former Earthmen that mm. Nick used to play with. Um, and, yeah, the rehearsals that we'd had were sounding great. So we had launches uh, penciled in for the first weekend in May, and, of course, they've they've had to go by the wayside. Mm. Um, but we've decided to go ahead and release the album because we're itching to get it out into the world. And um, it is also a time when, with a lot of people at home, I think they've got the chance to digest music a bit more and listen to the radio and buy things off, off Bandcamp and other sites. So in some ways, you know, it's it's a chance to, to get things out when people are um, a captive audience. <laughs> exactly. Well, it is. It's. I mean, obviously there's been a lot of uh, problems that it's caused the live music industry, but in mm. terms of, I guess, music consumption, there's probably never been a better time for people to explore their music catalogues and, and broaden mm. their horizons musically. So, uh, you know, mm. I think it's probably at least wise of you guys to, to, to release it still, um, even though we're in such challenging times. Um, yeah, it's a hard call, isn't it? Because mm. I know there's a lot of other bands in similar positions that have decided to delay releasing their albums because they want to be able to promote them live. And I can totally understand that as well. And I just hope that we get the chance to, to play these songs live uh, down the track. Well, you could almost um, extend the life of the launch, so to speak. You could have two launches, mm. really. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Later on down the track, you uh, could do your live launch. Now, you explained a little bit about the live, I guess, setup um, that you have when eventually you'll be doing some live gigs um, for Monument. Do you want to expand on that and tell us a bit about what people can expect when they eventually can see you live? Yeah, um, well, it's... In a way, it's a bit of an unknown for me as well because we, we've only just started the process of rehearsing. But um, the people in the band that I've mentioned just before are, are really top-rate musicians mm. and um, especially having the, um, the Kelly Day's beautiful, slightly world-weary voice um, along with Nick's beautiful honeyed tones and me singing... Um, on the majority of the songs, I feel like there's a really nice range of vocal styles um, and just, um, you know, a crack team of musicians backing us. Now, Kelly Day, um, you mentioned duets uh, with Nick on Disappointment Town mm. um, on the album. That's right. Uh, how did that, I guess, uh, come about, that relationship? Did you write that track uh, with mm. her in mind for that piece? Yeah, I'd, I've always been sort of slightly attracted to duets, but also slightly repelled by them. You know, they can be so cheesy. <laughs> they can um, be a bit naff if they're done yeah. uh, that way. And uh, I guess um, I I've always um, been tempted to try to write a good duet. I mean, when they work, they're, they're quite irresistible, aren't they? You know, yeah. if you think of um, some of the um, Lee Hazelwood, Nancy Sinatra mm. tracks um, that really work well. Anyway, so I... I 
had a crack at writing a duet and um yeah disappointment town is the result of that and um i i felt straight away that it would be good for nick's voice not mine and um kelly day was the first person that we thought of when we started talking about who would be the other voice on it and um when we asked her about it she said yes straight away so that was that was a real thrill and um yeah it's um it's really excellent to have her contributing to this album how does it i mean i'm not a, a musician so i really don't get the privilege of of getting these uh feelings or sensations but when you write a song and you hear other people performing it and everyone seems to be on the same creative page and understanding what you're trying to create how does it feel when the final product comes together oh it's it's a it's a thrill that's for sure um i mean in the, in the um process of recording the song um it, there's a lot of work involved and um, different ideas, um, some that, that have to get thrown aside um, because they're not, they're not working. So it's not always um, exciting, but when you get to the point where you've got something in, and everyone can see that, yes, it works, it fits together um, and it's, it, it actually can touch people. Yeah. That's very exciting. Mm. Um, and you're no stranger to songwriting. Obviously, you've been with the Sugar Gliders and the Steinbecks. Um, so where does the Bell Streets, this album, where does it sit in your heart in comparison to those other projects? Well, with the Sugar Gliders, my brother and I started that band when we were teenagers. And it was very much an expression of who we were at that time. Right. Um, and the Steinbecks was also with my brother Joel and with um and and with lots of other people that have collaborated with us over the years. So um those things are really important to me as well. Um and the Bell Streets I suppose is um you know it's 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 centered around my friendship with Nick and it's um really special to to have been able to um put this stuff together and release it as an album. Um you know, it's hard to know um, at this stage because we've only just released it how people will receive it. Although it's been selling nicely off off the Bandcamp site, which is really pleasing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't quite know where it fits in the with the other things that that I've done over the years, other than to say that it's been a really special experience, and I look forward to to doing some more. I love the album art that you've chosen to have for Monuments. Tell us about that. Is Thank that a street you. in Melbourne? Um, what, what, where is that? Yeah, it's, it's actually uh, the, the name of our band, um, the Bell Streets, we chose because um, Bell Street is a really significant road in the northern suburbs of Melbourne. It runs from east to west. Mm. And in some ways, it's a bit of a dividing line between the inner city hipsters and the beyond. Um, and we wanted to choose a name that um, would be, that would straddle those worlds um, and that had a foot in each camp. And that photo on the front of the album is taken in Bell Street. Um, and Nick actually lives in Bell Street. So it's, um, it's got a lot of resonances for us, but um, it's, it's a row of old shops, real old style shops in Melbourne Um the, the style of which um, is disappearing rapidly from from cities around Australia. You know, um, 
as things get knocked down and, and replaced um, with shiny new malls and shopping centres and so forth. So there's a nod to the past, um, but there's also, um, yeah, a, there's a lot of nature references in the album. Um, the natural world's really important to me as an inspiration for writing songs, but just as a way to um, make our lives grounded and richer. Um, so the album artwork also includes trees and clouds and sky as well. Mm. I like your point about the buildings. I mean, they, they are, um, I guess, a dying breed as such, because uh, every time I visit Melbourne, it seems that uh, there's new shiny, amazing buildings popping up that all look like they're trying to make a statement. Um, mm, <laughs> whereas yes, there's something yes. quite modest um, about the the old style rows of shops that you find in certain streets of Melbourne. Yeah, that's right. And uh, also, one of the songs on the album um, is about, it was prompted by my thoughts about houses and buildings and the places that we, we live in. And also this idea of monuments um, and as you've said, so many um, pieces of modern architecture seem to be these um, sort of, you know, these monuments to an to an architect's vision or, you know, a person's um, view of of how how bold they can be. Um, that sort of stuff doesn't impress me at all. Um, I'm much more interested in what goes on inside inside people's houses and inside their hearts and so forth. And um, I suppose there's something about that humble row of shops that um, that says more about um, what I'm interested in as a songwriter than, um, than the things that are dominating the skyline in Australian cities today. Yeah, um, there's something quite timeless about those types of buildings. And you can tell that there's been yeah. many, many stories told within them um, as yeah, opposed to right. some garish building that's um, uh, just kind of plonked there to make a statement for for the time that it's appeared in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us, uh, yeah. you do some environmental work, is that correct? Um, yeah. In my day job, I work for the Australian Conservation Foundation, the um, National Environment Group. Right. Tell us a little bit about that, because I'm, I'm quite interested to, to hear how, I guess, your work um, shapes your music. Hmm. Um, well, I, I feel like I've been an environmentalist ever since I was a little kid. Um, I grew up in the outer eastern suburbs of Melbourne, sort of where the, the suburbs peter out and the Dandenong Ranges with their beautiful tall trees begin. And I, I remember as a kid seeing, you know, gliders and possums and um, lots of um reptiles like even goannas and stuff out there in the bush near where I lived and I remember feeling quite angry as a as a teenager when um, you know property developers would buy up big slabs of bushland and just clear it for for new housing estates mm-hmm. um, and I, I guess ever since then I've, I've really felt a connection with the natural world and it certainly has permeated my songwriting all through those those years and and still does today um, and I feel very fortunate that I've I've been able to work for some time for the Australian Conservation Foundation, which is a um, not-for-profit environment group that's trying to um, well help people connect to nature, but also to make sure that people who are making our laws, our elected representatives, 
are not just um, doing the bidding of of um, commercial interests, but are also um, you know preparing for the future and actually preserving some of the amazing, unique stuff we've got in Australia. Are there any particular uh, projects that you're working on at the moment or any, any causes that are uh, taking your time with that? I mean, at the moment, the, there's so much talk about rebuilding our economy after the COVID-19 stuff. And I suppose we can choose, we have to make choices now about mm. how we rebuild and Yes, we can. We can go back to, um, you know, fossil fuel industries that have created a, a great amount of wealth for our country in the past, or we can choose to rebuild in a way that is going to tackle the climate crisis as well as the COVID nineteen economic crisis. And ACF, who I work for, is very keen to make sure that Australia doesn't just bounce back to the the ways we've done things before, but we actually bounce forward to a, a, a new way of doing things and a cleaner way of doing things. Because, you know, the, the COVID-19 crisis hopefully will pass, but the climate crisis is still with us. And, you know, we, we got a taste of how bad things can be from last summer with the bushfires and the smoke haze. And that stuff's not just going to automatically go away. We're going to have to tackle it. And yeah, that's that's a big part of um, the work that I'm involved in. Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting time that we live in, especially, I guess, seeing that this pandemic has obviously, you know, taken over the zeitgeist of people are basically just, that's the forefront of their minds at the moment. Mm. And so, but it is also interesting to see that it's a time that people are taking stock and having a look at what is mm. actually important in life. I know a lot of um, people I know, um, it's almost taken a weight off their shoulders um, Mm. in Mm. terms of that whole rat race. I think that too. Um, I I think there's something about going back to the basics, which is is quite life-giving to know that, you know, even though there's so many things we can't do at the moment, the things that are really important, a lot of them we, we can do. And it's been exciting to see people getting back into growing things in their back gardens and making their own bread and, um, you know, just reading more and things like that. So, yeah, it is, it's really interesting how it can affect us on a personal level. And maybe as a society, we can go back to basics as well and do the stuff that's really important and do it really well. All right. Well, Josh Meadows, um, that's all we have time for, but thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today about Monument. Congratulations on it. Thanks very much, Brad. It's been great to have a chat.